The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Hope you are enjoying your Wednesday, even if it isn't actually Wednesday. That joke will make sense in about an hour, but welcome to episode number 31 of Shaggin' Flies. This week, we are giving to you 90 Minutes with Michael Govier, who can be found many places across the baseball internet, including Fantrax and his own Twitter account, at MJGovier. But... You will find him primarily hosting the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Fantasy Baseball Podcast, as well as the First Day Podcast, the Cinema 9 Podcast, and the Is It Safe Podcast. Whew, that is a lot of podcast, which coincidentally is the first thing we talked about when Michael joined us before we got diverted into a hundred million different completely irrelevant places as we do the least entertaining of which was not our recap and praise of the cinematic masterpiece known as Scary Movie 3 in my opinion anyway onto the pod here is episode 31 of Shag and Flies with Michael Gauvier It's like all that energy that goes into it. So especially the, uh, you know, something that's a little more high pressure, like being on MLB network, um, then you're like, there's like this adrenaline. And so then afterwards you just have this crash. So the fact that you're able to do three podcasts in a row, I would be completely physically dead. So I commend you for that. That's impressive. Oh, well, it's just a thing I'm good at. I think uh, I can. You are. You are very good. You're very good at it. I think that much is clear. You're very good. Well, at I just it. have endurance for it. I, I don't know why. It's sometimes I understand what you mean when you say that because it reminds me when I used to be in a band when I was younger. Yep. We do shows, and yep. I was the lead singer, and I'd be that was the most exhausted I was from yeah. anything, any like full court basketball, a marathon. I've never been more exhausted than I ever was right after a show. So right after, that. yeah. Oh, well, yeah, and it's like. When is the worst time to try to have a conversation from me? It's right after I've come off stage. Like <laughs> that is concentration exactly. element on top. Oh, because just phew, I'm so gone. Like, I need yeah. You need a come down time. You need a time yeah. to like like process everything. That it's like the worst time to like try and talk is like after. I don't care if it's a good show or a bad show. Definitely not after a bad show because then I'm just gonna. If it's actually, I'm going to complain either way. Every green, I've, I firmly believe every green room is constantly filled with musicians talking about what they did wrong. 
no matter how good the set was, you go back in the green room, you're like, man, I really screwed that up. Like that's all it is <laughs> all of the time. But anyways, yeah. So I thank you so much for being here for making us your third and final podcast of the day. Um, third time's so, a charm. So if you yeah, messed up yeah, the other two, this is your chance to, you know. Yeah, those were just rehearsal podcasts for, for the big one here. Uh, That's right. So we would like to start off to learn. Uh, that was a horrible sentence, everything about that. We would like to start off learning more First about question. you. <laughs> First question. Sir. Oh, man. Uh, I'm tired. It's It's been a long day. Uh <laughs> Happy Wednesday, everyone. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, happy. And if you happen to be listening to this on a Wednesday, when we said Happy Wednesday, double Happy Wednesday to you. Uh, All right. We want to know more about the, you, Michael Govier. I want to hear the Michael Govier origin story. Where are you from originally? I know you've moved around a bit. I know you are a former Marylander for a time. Which is awesome. That's right. Um, so tell me a little bit about where are you from originally, where are you now, and everything in between. Yeah, I used to live right in the neck of the woods where Ben lives over there in oh, Anne Arundel County. It's a yeah, man. It's definitely the longest county name I've ever lived in. I think Anne Arundel. Although Anne Arundel, Washington, dude, let me close. let me tell you, this is a very local like. <laughs> local me growing up problem but i used to have these tests in school where i had to fill out my address uh which included the city i was in and then also the county so i had to fill out i lived on birdsville road which was kind of long in davidsonville (laughs) in anne arundel county and this is like those tests where like you write it in and then you bubble in each letter and it was a nightmare i was like why can't i live like on 12 4th Street in there is a town nearby <laughs> called Mayo. M-A-Y-O. Mayo. Mayo. That's Why right. Mayo. Uh, we, now, you know what's funny is people laugh when they hear about Mayo because they're like, the, the town's called Mayo, but then they also laugh when they hear we have a town nearby called Parole. Which... We, there is. There's Parole. That's right. Parole, Maryland. Maryland's got some goofy names. There's that. There's like Friendship. There's Crapo. I just finished rewatching The Wire, and I didn't. It took me until season three when I put on the closed captions to figure out what the hell they were saying whenever they would say <laughs> Anne Arundel County. Oh, yeah, it's like what yeah, the fuck it's, is this place called? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a long county name. But where where in Anne Arundel were you? Like what town? Oh, I was in uh, technically a Pasadena address, but really oh, right on the border were... of Verna Park over there. That's right. You were in the Dirty Dina by the Magazine. Right. The dirty, Dina. the dirty Dina, Pasadena. This is this is a very just. This is all Maryland talk now. Pasadena <laughs> is called the Dirty Dina because it is a uh, kind of trashy in some parts. It's that's the only way I can think of it to is. describe it. it. Totally yeah, is. It's really trashy. It sounds like something that would be said by people who are constantly asked Pasadena, California. <laughs> yeah, no. I think the best way yeah. to sum that up is the high school of Pasadena. I lived with friends who had kids, and uh, there was a couple instances of racism that were happened there, and it wasn't the first time. So if that gives you a picture of the kind of stuff that happens, oh, yeah. it's definitely a trashy town. But the part we lived in. It was actually cool, I thought. It was really close to Severna Park, which is much more upscale, Severna I guess. Severna Park's nice, yeah. And, yeah, I used to live right around the corner from a Chick-fil-A that I went to way too many times on Route 2 over there on the uh, 
What was that called? The Richie Highway. Yeah, Richie Highway. That's what I'm thinking of. So I, we have I enjoyed alienated my time there. our entire audience except for like my brother. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Maryland's a sweet state. And I would yeah. be open to living in Maryland again. But I've lived there and I lived in uh Morrison, which was outside of Denver, Colorado, where Red Rocks is, the Red Rocks Amphitheater, which is very popular and famous. Very cool. One yeah. of the finest amphitheaters in the United States. Lived there for a year. I lived in Cincinnati for a year. And uh now I've just been back home in Michigan since 2019 which is where I've oh, lived Michigan. outside of those few places. Yeah. I'm a Michigander. That's right. So nice. I love, I love baseball and I love talking about anything as well. So this show you guys have is very cool. The Shaggin flies is a unique podcast. And I think it's really right up my alley because that's what we try to do at Palazzo on the Palazzo podcast. We talk about baseball, but yeah, we'll talk mental health. We'll talk uh, music, anything that comes to mind and you can have an, an informative baseball show while still being entertaining and varied as you guys are proving. Yeah. And we've tried to prove it Palazzo. Yeah. Uh, just a note, Zach, we're going to cut every single reference to the other podcast. We don't I'm do kidding. I'm, no. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know a hardcore Nick is about his podcast. So yeah, he would never allow anybody else to be supported totally. at any given just moment. Edit all of it. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Of course. Uh, no. Yeah. The, I, Sincerely appreciate that because we're not. <laughs> I sincerely not appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's it's been fun doing this show. It, it is kind of like what's fun about it is we never know where it's going to go. Like we just kind of start and we have a few basic things that we do every time and some directions we kind of go. But yeah, you never know where it ends up. It's always it's always a fun time. So you are a michigander originally that's where you were born that's right oh we're in the mitten i was uh southeast michigan detroit area uh, livonia where i currently live i actually was born here and lived here for the first eight years of my life it's a metro area of detroit about half hour 20 minutes west and yeah i've loved michigan i've hated it at times it has challenges it's got corruption it's Got a little bit of everything, but there's a lot of people here that I like. And even though the state has problems as a, a entity that runs day to day, I keep coming back for the people. They're unique. And that's why Michigan will always be my home state. And I'm the one that can trash it. Nobody else here. Okay. Just me. Because <laughs> it's like that thing where you can't make fun of someone else's sister. Right. Because, right. you know, you're not the sister or the brother. <laughs> um, so I'm curious. What? So you've bounced around a couple different states. What brought you to Maryland? What brought you to Colorado? And what brought you back to Michigan? I mean, that's, you know, that's that's a lot of, that's, you know, north, east coast, you know, the mountains. That's bouncing around quite a bit. So what, what brought you to these different spaces? Well, I've always been fascinated by travel and other cultures and other places and seeing it all. I think it goes to my history teacher roots, my fascination with history and learning about where things came from and the different types of traditions, routines that are local to certain places. And I went to Denver because I had graduated college and I wanted to be a teacher. So it was kind of lined up. Like, hey, I'm graduating. I'm going out, start my career. And I'm going to do it in beautiful Colorado. That's I also had friends who live there and they, I'm, <laughs> part of the reason I actually moved to all of these places was due 
to knowing people that I had met in Michigan who had moved out there. There really was a connection to every single space. I also lived in Charleston, South Carolina back in 0304. My friend had moved down there and he got married and I could have gone anywhere to work in TV news, which is what I ended up doing down there. I wasn't on air. People always say like, oh, you must have been on camera. I was not on camera at all. I was a behind the scenes you know, production assistants, yeah. video editor, assignment desk is always fun. You just listen to the scanners all day. Yeah. And then you, you point a crew out to that tragedy. Hey, we've got a tragedy over here in Dorchester <laughs> County. Go, go, go. go get it. It's very, yeah. It's bizarre, man. TV news, local TV news is bizarre. That's I worked very, in local TV news. I worked in local TV news for you did year. Fox 45. Did we talk about, I think we talked about this for a minute. Oh, that's I don't right. Remember. Yeah. But yeah, I worked at WBFF, Fox 45, and Ball. So, so technically, I worked for WUTB, which was my TV 24 or whatever. But <laughs> that, the CW Baltimore, WNUV, and WBFF, Fox 45, were all in the same building, all technically owned by Sinclair uh, Communications. Yes. But on paper, owned by three different entities. Uh, because technically, if all three were owned by Sinclair, that would be illegal. That's right. Um, so C, the CW, <laughs> WNUV and WUTB Always were with owned. Always best interests at heart. I know. I know. <laughs> NUV and UTB were owned by like wholly owned subsidiaries of Sinclair or whatever, so that they could get around uh, having a partial monopoly or whatever. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but yeah. The so... ones who sent you to like the creepy show where someone died. No, no, that was 98 Rock. That was 98 Rock. Oh, that was radio. Uh, right. That was radio. That was radio. That was, <laughs> the, yeah, the creepy show where someone died was in the Dirty Dina. Pasadena. Ah! Uh, Bamboo Bernies. Bam, Bamboo Bernies. That's a legendary place. It uh, was. It's I gone will... now. Right. It's shut it down now. It's so but, incredible. So many wild stories go on there. Sorry. What are you saying? I was going to say, Ben, would you have thought four episodes ago that Bamboo Bernies would come up twice in the span? No, years, no, so. no. I can't <laughs> say it did. So I don't know if I ever told you uh, the story, Michael, but I, uh, the short version, because I've already told it before, uh, I did a 98 Rock event at, I was in promotions. I did the event at Bamboo Bernies. It's called Cougar Hunt, which was what you think it is. Uh, beauty contest Terrible. for uh, middle-aged women. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as I got there, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw somebody overdose on heroin. So uh, the the guy went to the bathroom, came back, and then collapsed on the table and was carried out in a stretcher and had like the glassy eyes and all that. So yeah, that w- and that was like within 10 minutes of me showing up and I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> I just think I just saw someone die. Like, yeah, it was... <laughs> Working in promotions, man. Working in promotions is something else. Yeah, that's pretty bizarre, man. I think (laughs) I heard about that place from Uber customers because I used to Uber overnights when I lived in Maryland. Mm. That was my thing. That's how I survived, 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. I heard a lot of stories about that place. When were you in Maryland? What years? I'm curious. So that was 2017. I moved there late 2017 and stayed there until gotcha. 2019 before I came back here. And oh, okay, so that was your most recent place of residence. Yeah, Maryland, yeah. I lived in two spots. I lived. I also lived in uh, Cape St. Clair when I oh, came okay. back because I also didn't mention that I lived in Philadelphia where I. Oh my god! Stayed for. Yeah, I forgot to mention that <laughs> part. I, so I lived in Maryland with, with my pal my yeah. friend that took care of his kids and stuff and he gave me cheap rent and I, the reason i moved out there is because i was 
trying to get off opioids. You know, it was just brutal. And I couldn't I couldn't end the routines that were happening in Michigan. So I'd lost my Michigan privileges, really. And I <laughs> yeah. needed to go away. So I moved in with my friend who was very gracious to take me in during a difficult time. And that's how I got straight. And I've been straight ever since then. And that was October 25th, 2017. So I'm glad I moved out there. And it was a positive yeah. for me. Sometimes you can't run away from your problems. Like people will tell you, you're always going to be you, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. You can't run away from yourself. But you can get away from certain habits and routines. Mm -hmm. That is true because you upset the established order of your social circle. So that's yeah. what I did. That's why no, I went there. And, and, I, and it's, yeah. it's good to do that too. It's, it's good to move about. There's a, I, I wish I could remember this, the comedian, but there's a stand-up comedian who had a joke that uh, I just heard it today. He said, I, uh, I'm from Iowa and I lived there until I realized I was free to leave. <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, it's sometimes that's good to just kind of realize that you don't have to be, and this, it doesn't have to be literally physical. You don't have to be where you are. You are free to go. And sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's good to get out of a place where you have a lot of history, uh, especially if it's bad history. So mm -hmm. I totally get oh, yeah. that. What, what were you saying, Zach? I interrupted I said, you. No, change, change of scenery can do wonders sometimes. Um, yeah. Do well, first of all, congratulations. Um, yes, for sure. Thank you. Second of all, completely unrelated, but just going back a tiny bit, what were some of the most interesting Uber rides that you ever had, if you can remember them? Oh, man. Oh, yes. I, I got kind of a that steel trap. I remember a lot of those. There's a lot to stick with me. Uh, one night, I picked up these arena footballers. The Baltimore Brigade, I believe, was the arena football league team. Oh, was, yeah, like for football. oh, yeah, I don't know. I remember the arena soccer league, Baltimore Blast, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't know we had a football league. I didn't team. know the ah. arena football league like was still a thing. <laughs> yeah, this was in 2018, and the brigade were brand new. The arena football league was barely hanging on, and the brigade, yeah, I remember this, or it was yeah. called like arena football league part two or something. It has a lot of yeah uh, reincarnated uh, <laughs> concepts for it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't always, didn't always really sell tickets to the masses which we you know we got football on a hundred yard field and that's how people know it so it's a yeah. different style but i picked up these guys who played for the brigade and they were in downtown annapolis and they needed a ride back to oh i can't remember that it's somewhere over closer to dc it's about a half hour 40 minutes and the guy a was long so... uber ride oh my god oh yeah well there was <laughs> there was three of them and they were massive dudes. They were big dudes. And one of them was so drunk that he passed out and he couldn't function. And we had to try to get him out of the car and help him into the apartment complex. It was ridiculously unnecessary, complicated, totally bizarre, man. Totally bizarre. And I'm sure being as huge as he probably was, getting him out of the car and everything was not easy. No, it like, was, I'm it sure was he was ridiculous. a very heavy man. <laughs> I picked up another guy who passed out in my back seat all by himself. Wouldn't wake up when I got to his destination. Uh -oh. He was out cold, laying back there. I'm banging on the horn. I'm oh my god! Yelling and screaming. Oh, I could be pretty no, loud, and I couldn't wake him up. I couldn't wake him up. I finally had to hit him on the thigh, like, "Hey, hey, get up, get out of my car." <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, what'd you do? Like, just like roll him out of the car and drive. <laughs> He finally woke up and he, oh, he got man. out of there. I don't know if he ever made it inside or not, but that's not my problem. So yeah. I had to move on. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so actually, speaking of Maryland, as a 
former Marylander, did you have a favorite place to grab seafood in the area? Well, um, yeah, I loved uh, oh, Fat Boys. You ever been to Fat Boys? Fat Boys. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. It's tucked away over there outside of – boy, I'm really – Really start to slack on all my uh, Maryland recall with the names and stuff of the cities, but oh, it Fat was... Boys Crab Shack. Yes, yeah, it was really, Crofton. really good. In Crofton. Crofton. That's what, that's what I was thinking of. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. good. It's tucked away in like a woody area. You wouldn't know it's there, but man, they got some really good stuff there. And that was definitely a joint. Also, going to Pfeiffer's, which is in Pasadena, they're pretty good too. Mm. I enjoyed going to that, and of course. Jimmy's in Baltimore is famous. Jimmy's famous seafood. Let me tell you. There yes, you go. Fully weird. Talking Twitter account. Yeah, with a great Twitter account. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what your deal is. They they're maybe weird. I did a couple. I did a couple ninety-eight rock shows there. Tori Smith used to co-host. Uh, oh. Former wide receiver for the Baltimore Ravens. He used to co-host. Former a, Terp. Uh, yeah, former Maryland Terrapin. Yeah. He used to do a show uh, every week at 98 Rock, and I worked a couple of those shows and did the shows with him. Um, and I wasn't on the air, but I was uh, just kind of hanging out at the table with him. Super nice guy. I cannot say enough nice things about Tori Smith. I Just a wonderful human being. Um, and we would get food. Wasn't comped. I don't work for 98 Rock anymore, so I can say that I was not happy that I had to work this event and we did not get our food comped by 98 Rock. So anyways, I would get some of the food. They had a crab pretzel that would kill you and send you to heaven immediately. I mean, it just was (laughs) incredible. And I used to get they would have this crabby chicken. It was a fried chicken sandwich, crab dip on top. Perfection, perfection. Though, as Zach knows, us Marylanders will put crab dip on anything, including waffle fries, which he does not quite understand. <laughs> you know, it made more it made more sense to me when you explained yeah. it as it being a little more like like a sauce with base, yeah. a little more sauce. Which I mean, also like crab flavored sauce doesn't sound so great to me either. Necessarily, you don't want but... some of the Old Bay hot sauce. I've heard that's very good. Only with a shot that. of Old Bay vodka. <laughs> Do you, have you seen the Old Bay vodka? Michael, have you seen? I don't think I didn't know there was Old Bay vodka. <laughs> they just they just I announced it like know. a week ago. They are doing an Old Bay flavored vodka, which sounds horrible. I mean, just yeah. I love Old Bay. Sure, there's like that's too far. <laughs> we don't need <laughs> no. Who's that for? Who's sitting there and they're just like, man, I really wish this vodka was Old Bay infused. Like Ooh. that's that's really playing into like Maryland is a cult. Like there's there is kind of a cult of Maryland with the flag and Old Bay and everything. And like I buy into it to an extent because it is objectively the coolest flag in, in the state or in the country. Hell yeah, it is. It um, is. Absolutely. It is. Super cool. Great coat of arms. Like the best. It's the only you one know. that I know what it looks like. So, I mean, there exactly. You go. Well, you probably know California, too, with the. Uh, yeah. The What's Illinois state flag? I don't know. Who knows? You live there. You guys don't know the Michigan flag? Come on. I could not. I could not point out the michigan flag um but yeah old bay vodka just horribly disgusting um okay i want to ask two more quick questions before we get to some some baseball stuff first thing you are a big music guy which i love i, I want to know i know you are i have a guess as to what one of your favorite albums ever is um 
and I think it's probably that Built to Spill album that I'm picturing the cover. It's blue and yellow to keep a secret. Keep it like a secret. Keep it like a secret. Thank you. I did that on the Milk Yours podcast, by the way. We broke that down. That you did. Cut that out, too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, No credit to More (laughs) plugs. God. We were clear about this. We spent there was a twenty minute video we showed you before the podcast started. That was the training video, like no uh, when you get hired at Burger King. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, you signed so it. Are, don't forget, <laughs> you signed it. Yeah, this is a contract you virtually signed. Um, what are some of your favorite albums? I would love to hear just a couple, just a handful of ones, and I, I want to know the ones that mean a lot to you personally. Mm. Those are the ones yeah. I love hearing about. I, I know a lot of times when you tell people what are some of the best albums, they'll try and be objective about it and be like, oh, this is the most influential or whatever. I want to hear about an album that means a lot to you personally because you heard it at a certain time in your life or whatever it might be. Yeah, that's a great call. That's a great thought. A fascinating one to be sure because so many albums, so much music, and I never, I can never be the guy who would tell Zach and Ben here that, you know, uh, this is my number one, without a doubt, whether it's a movie. Oh, sure. It changes music. all the it's time, just, of course. Yeah, it's just a, a pointless question. It's superfluous. 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 Super, there we go. Superfluous, yeah. Superfluous. superfluous. It's so superfluous. It's unreal. <laughs> but, you know, this is not just being objective. Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon is still mm. so amazing. I never ever tired of it in my life like i get sick of a lot of things and i will burn them into the ground by repeatedly listening to them for sure probably more specifically with songs but you know that's how the radio was created as well to this day they still play the same songs every couple of hours and Mm -hmm. eventually you get sick of it you you start to like it because they're shoving it down your throat and then you turn on it quite quickly like a dog with rabies and i am someone Never tired of that Dark Side of the Moon album. Between Us and Them is maybe one of the greatest yeah. songs of all time, period. It's so well written. It, I don't care about all the drug stuff related to Dark Side. Oh, you know, hey. You know, I did it. I definitely did it at Central Michigan University in 1998, my freshman year. <laughs> we synced up Dark Side of the Moon with The Wizard of Oz. So I Oh, you it. did it. Of course. Oh, that would be, course, that would be kind of cool to try it out. Yeah. I don't regret that at all. Yeah. No, that's. that's uh, it's a great pick. I mean, that's great. That's one. That's, that's one of those albums. One of the albums yeah. It's one of the albums that I think about things that are kind of missing from music sometimes is not to like make this be a crouching on modern music because I love many things that are coming out today. But as far as there's like a lot of music is not made for full album consumption. Uh, yeah. You just throw a lot of things onto onto a tape together basically. And not to say that there aren't plenty of people making music like that, but uh, I really appreciate or at least have been appreciative of lately albums where I can really just let it go start to finish and kind of be locked in and not just have it turn into background noise necessarily, but I don't have to look at my phone to skip something or like to turn something back every, every two or three minutes or so. And dark side of the moon is one of my favorite, like when I'm just waking up in the morning and getting ready for my day and I'll just put something on front to back. That's, and I wish there was more, there were more people trying to make music with that kind of quality to it so i that makes me think of two things first i have to i have to offer and i know you you agreed but i have to offer up the defense of 
there are still a whole bunch of artists who are making great top to bottom albums that make great. Uh, well, I said there, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, that that's still the album is still, I think, alive and well, just not in popular music. But um, very, very. yeah, I I agree that there progressive rock isn't really kind of like the, the it's not really around much anymore that's definitely a genre that kind of had its moment and i think it was a response to uh to like the psychedelic rock of the 60s it kind of became this like this is the 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 nerds want to make their music and it was um <laughs> it was it was baroque music basically it was super complicated oftentimes self-indulgent uh you could argue there's definitely some prog pieces where you're like i i love yes i love yes <laughs> dearly there you listen to tales from topographic oceans where the whole album is based <laughs> off of different books from uh the um the hindu religion uh like just it gets a little you're like okay guys like chill out <laughs> we get it you're super smart and special but <laughs> The I I do love progressive rock because it does always kind of tell a story. I love yeah. Rick Wakeman, the the keyboardist from Yes, has a couple great albums where he tells a whole story. You know, uh, the the Wives of Henry VIII, Journey to the Center of the Earth. It's all you know. It's a big rock opera basically, and I do love that. There is still sort of some of that around. I feel like power metal is the is the genre that's still really doing that a lot. Uh, and progressive metal. I feel like metal in general really is is still kind of holding the beacon of prog yeah. stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I I love Dark Side of the Moon is one of those albums where like every now and then I have to give it a listen and try to listen to it with fresh ears. Like mm -hmm. not listen to it yeah. for a while and then yep. give it a listen. And when I do that, I'm like, oh my God, this thing's so good. Like it's mm -hmm. obviously it's so cliche to say that Dark Side of the Moon is incredible. It's also cliche to say Sgt. Pepper's is a great album, but you know what? It's Who a cares if it's album, cliche. Man. It's true. Like what you like. Yeah. You talk about it. No, you know? exactly, exactly. And and it's it's easy to lose the the feeling in those kinds of albums if you've heard them a million times, which is why every now and then I like to like not listen to it at all for like three months, and then give it a listen, and I'm like, oh my god, this thing is just it's like magic. It truly is. David Gilmore's guitar playing, man. Oh, I got a lot of great memories with Pink Floyd. That's fabulous. Me too. Me too. All day. I, I celebrate it all, but that would always stand up to me. I, I, I would also say that um, Explosions in the Sky is a real favorite of mine. Yeah. Which Instrumental, album? Instrumental, post-rock. It's got to be Earth is Not a Cold Dead Place to yep. me. It's the That's, one that I, yeah. I, I just <laughs> absorbed it, and I couldn't stop absorbing it. It came out of nowhere in my life in the 2000s, and it's never been the same since. I'm a sucker for post-rock, even if it's like formulaic, like <laughs> loud than soft and loud than soft yep. post-rock. I'm a complete sucker for it. And I will listen to everything that Godspeed, You Black Emperor, horrible band name noted, uh, everything they put out, I will listen to it all of the time because it's amazing. If, if you had to pick a favorite, speaking of post-rock, last one before we go to baseball, mm. if you had to pick a favorite post-rock album, what is it? Is it Earth is not a cold dead place? I, I well, I mean, I think maybe my favorite might be Caspian. Ooh, Caspian's very good. Yeah, I, I mean, I've established Waking how important. Season. I don't know if yeah. you've heard Waking Season. Oh, it's great. 
fantastic. Sure. Oh, um, yeah, big time. I don't know if you're a big Sigour Ross fan. I, I like them. They're they're good. They're rock solid. They're not my favorite. They seem to be mm. maybe the most popular of all those bands. I will admit Probably. that. Probably not. I don't have as much of attachment to them as others do, or like a Alex Fastwood or something. I think there's too many other bands like Mogwai that are kind of like Mogwai's that great genre too. So, oh yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, have you ever heard? Off the last thing, Rachel's. You ever heard of Rachel's? The band Rachel's. No, not at all, dude. The Sea and the Bells. Give that album a listen. It will, you'll love it. Them and and Mono, two of the most underrated uh, post rock bands around. Yeah, I know a little bit of Mono, but I'll, it's Mono's called Rachel's. Great. I'll check that out for Rachel's, sure. Yeah, Rachel Just apostrophe Rachel. S. It's Rachel apostrophe <laughs> S. Yeah, it, it's okay. They were uh, so Sea and the Bells came out in like ninety six. Um, so yeah, it, they're phenomenal. Great, great post rock band. Um, anyways. I would like to pivot a little bit to baseball. We will talk a little bit about baseball. The main question of this podcast that we always ask, you love baseball. You are a baseball fan. What is it about the sport? So so we hear. Um, What is it about the sport of baseball specifically that you love? You could love football, basketball. Maybe you do. What is it about baseball specifically as a sport that really draws you in? Baseball is very, very good to me. <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking in my mind. Yep, I definitely was, that seriously was right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, baseball is fun because when you get to play it, it's even more fun. I love you call the show shagging flies. To me, there's nothing more enjoyable than shagging flies. It's so much fun. It is it tracking really is. down fly balls, catching them. Uh, I can do so that for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. I, it's just so fun, and that's really one of my, I guess, the real tenets of a foundation I have for the game is that the game is fun to play itself more so than others because it's intricate and fascinating, and I do find pitching to be a fascinating art. It's unique to other sports as well that you don't find the so many different styles of pitches you can throw. I guess there's a – I can see a connection between the different moves a basketball player can make on the court and the types of pitchers, the types of pitches a pitcher could throw. I, I do see some parallels there, but it's still unique to me. And I think that's why I enjoy it the most, or at least enjoy it to a great deal because of the statistics you can meddle with and they go on and on and on and on. And, you know, for a long time, a lot of the eras matched up. They weren't as, there weren't as many great disparities, at least post 47 in terms of the eras matching up. So statistics had this lineage that you could look at and go back with that made it fascinating. Again, the history teacher and me, the historical nature of things fascinates me. So yeah, shagging flies really is apropos for me. I love doing that. I could do it forever. And uh, watching the game isn't as fun as playing it. It's just not. But if you're looking as a fan and observer, I'll never be hardcore. Woo woo, rah, rah, rah. I, I love competition. But it's hard for me as I get older and older to be a diehard fan. And like I love the Detroit Tigers, but you know it's not the most important thing in the world to me when I look at my daily life. And I think a lot of people understand that. Of course, baseball is an escape, a, a hobby, a side project that people can get into. And I'll always appreciate what the community can gain from connecting over baseball. It does build a lot of bridges to relationships as well. 
You throw all that stuff in the mix. It's kind of a hodgepodge. It's a little bit disconnected for me, but those are the reasons I uh, think it's a great game and I enjoy it. Well, and if there's a team to make sure you're not too emotionally invested in them, it's probably the Tigers, just to be safe. <laughs> it's probably no, no, that would be the Lions in football. That would be the ah, Detroit go, Lions, yeah. first and foremost. You I'll never, no one will torture you. God, you know what? Yeah. I'd be excited for either. Yeah, I pity the, yeah, the Tigers look like sports fans. bold stars compared to the Lions. So. <laughs> Tigers hey, we'll two two World Series in what yeah. seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. You guys have won yeah. a World Series more recently than the Orioles have, so there is that. Oh, by, by like a, a year, Come on. a whole year, <laughs> by <laughs> one year. No, eighty three and eighty four. Wait, didn't the? Am I totally crazy thinking the Tigers won a world? They won a World Series in the two thousands, didn't they? No, they lost to the Cardinals Ooh. in two thousand six, oh, and the right. uh, they lost. Um. Was it the cart? No, the Giants. The Giants in twenty. That's right, Zach. Yeah, very that's good. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Clean sweep. Here Either I series am. was very competitive. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Eighty four. Well, still, you have been more recent than the. <laughs> yeah, I actually By I have a vague year. memory of um I think it was twenty twelve when Verlander, Verlander started the All Star game and he got. I don't know if shelled was the right word. I don't know how badly he got hit around, but he got the loss. I think gave up a couple runs. And then proceeded to also get shelled pitching on the road in <laughs> game one of the World Series <laughs> oh back when God. these things were decided by the All-Star game. <laughs> it's, well, still, cool. it's still incredible to me what that Tigers rotation used to be with like Verlander and Scherzer yeah. and um, Doug Fister. Don't forget <laughs> Doug Fister. Porcello, Fister. Price. Porcello, I mean, these David guys were Price. all there. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Brad David Price was yeah. a cup of coffee. Yeah, it, it was, was brief. Yeah. Was, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. That was a, a wild rotation. Um, okay. Uh, I would like to know how many different ballparks have you been to, and of those, do you have a favorite? And then follow up on that. When you go to the ballpark, there's a lot to remember. There will be a test. <laughs> um, when you go to the ballpark, is there a specific food or something you always have to buy when you get there or this can be like whenever i go to any ballpark i gotta get a hot dog or if this is like when i go to comerica specifically like there's this thing in detroit that i have to get uh so favorite ball how many ballparks you've been to favorite ballpark favorite thing to get at the game well i've been to comerica of course camden yards of course i've been to coors field i worked at coors field which actually ties into the question related to food uh, kind of turned me off when I worked at Coors about ballpark food. Uh, it was a oh supervisor. You know what you're getting into, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Zach, if you know the truth food. and you can live with it, Zach, go to town. Be my guest. But mm, yeah, popcorn Wait, is like just what's, rat infested. What's wrong, with, what's wrong with the ballpark food? I don't know. <laughs> just poor health standards around the ballpark. That's all. So if you're, mm. if you're not bothered by that, then go to town, live it up. Well, I mean, how, I worked for, you, uh, I just heard the word rats and popcorn together. So, I mean, yeah, huge garbage bags of popcorn, huge garbage bags of popcorn in the basement of the complex at Coors and you know, rats just going crazy in there, but you know, you wouldn't know the difference because by the time the popcorn gets to your bucket, they're gone. So Oh I just think <laughs> I hope that's, so. gross. that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. If if the black plague was there back then too. If the black plague makes its way back, that's how it's gonna happen. It's gonna spread via popcorn at Coors Field. 
Oh, good God. thing attendance is baseball is dying, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only get the best. I'm used, you know, maybe not it's smart for the best to, to jump ship. <laughs> oh my God. So you're not but a yeah, ballpark food guy then? I'm not a ballpark food guy. I worked at Coors for a couple months in 2011. Uh, that was fun. I did go to Camden. Yeah, that's it. I think it's pretty minimal for me. I, I, oh, I've been to Shea and Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium and Shea. I went to both of those. So Very I cool. think that's it. That's a lo- not a long list. I got a lot of work to do. I've technically been to Wrigley Field, but it was for a Pearl Jam show in 2016, Very not cool. for a game. So Any uh, minor league uh, My minor favorite league games? Uh, minor, sure, yeah, I've been to plenty of minor league games. When I lived in Charleston, South Carolina, I saw the Charleston River Dogs play a lot, and I saw Yohan Mankata when he mm-hmm. was in the minors play against the River Dogs in 2015 when I went down to visit my friend that summer. He looked like such a man among boys on that field in 2015, and I couldn't wait for him to get to the majors. I was so excited about that, and I still believe he's got something to offer. He's not done yet, but there are some conspiracy theories about maybe he doesn't love the game as much as he loves doing other things. Uh, I don't know that oh, for sure. That's so just malcontents on Twitter mouthing off. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's is that's, it great? That's actually kind of racially motivated too, honestly, because he he made this music video. He made yes, this crazy yep. music video last winter with all these, like, he always is wearing flashy clothing. It's, I mean, it's really your classic, oh, like, you know, Latino ball player wears jewelry and has all these fancy clothes and stuff like that. He needs to be more focused on the game and that sort of stuff. So, mm. um, okay. Well, that's I mean, fair. he also that's had like a 120 fair. WRC plus last year and that was, a, everyone thought that was a down year. So, sorry, <laughs> but. Uh, this is the, now the Yoan Moncada defense podcast. But, uh, <laughs> bye bye me. We're, I'm snatching him up in every draft we, I've had. We, I we still are, believe in about him. the Yoan resurgence in 2022. In conclusion, anyhow, back to I'm joining you. Back to minor league baseball in South Carolina. <laughs> I'm with you, Zach. I join you. I'm in the same mm-hmm. cabin as you. You guys just didn't know it. I love Yoan Moncada. So people can bag at him all they want. They're going to miss out on a great, great season and a great player still to come with his best years on drink here but i i think my favorite of the parks is camden it's just a beautiful park and i'm not kissing up here park in america unique it is it's such a unique place and the warehouse is cool and the way it's styled into the city it kind of set the tone for a lot of those parks in the 90s as well it is a tone center Mm. so any park you see that's similar to it longest building on the east coast that warehouse Oh, I didn't know that. I do you, know that you, I love seeing games there. Yeah. If you stood that warehouse up on end, it'd be taller than the Empire State Building. Shit, okay. It is extraordinarily Listen, long. I did um, not know that. Shipping, baby. Um, <laughs> so, no, it's, uh, yeah, Camden major, major or minor leagues, what is the coolest thing, would you say, that you've ever seen live on a baseball field? Also, it doesn't have to be anything spectacular. It can just be like someone made a really cool diving play or whatever. <laughs> Okay, well, I missed um, I missed back to back to back home runs at Shea Stadium when the Phillies were playing the Mets that night because I went to go buy a Mets jacket. So I missed that. I was there, but I didn't see it in my seat. So. What a time to go to go to the gift shop. <laughs> True story. It totally happened. I felt like a total turd. But the coolest thing I ever saw on the field was the 99 final regular season game at Tiger Stadium. Robert Fick hit a grand slam in the eighth inning. Oh, wow. And the house just exploded. And I was so grateful that I had chosen to be there for that final 
home game at Tiger Stadium in September of 99. That was so cool, so unique, such a moment where there's no way we're winning a title, we're not going to the playoffs, but everybody was just going hog wild because Fick had hit this grand slam, and it it really kind of put the cherry on top for a wonderful, wonderful day and a, a career as a stadium. I had always heard that, uh, and this was just from my parents who went to Tiger Stadium one time, so take it for a grain of salt. Take it with a grain of salt. Uh, I had always heard that Tiger Stadium kind of sucked, like it was not <laughs> a very good stadium. Uh, is that true? Was it a was it a crappy stadium? <laughs> yeah, it was a dump. I mean, especially by the end there, it was a dump. But it was unique, and it was our park, so yeah. we appreciated it. It had those overhangs all around the outfield, so if you hit a home run, it was just a big old cheapy because it was closer than the fences were oh down God. below it. But 440 to center, that's unique. That's badass. Oh, yeah. The, the thing is, like any ballpark, and you could have said, I think pretty much everything you could have said is probably true of Old Comiskey, too, which I grew up hearing mm-hmm. yeah. about uh, as far as Similarities it there. was a dump and also it had a lot of a lot of character. But it's Ben, you'll find out in a few months. It, I think it's just unfair to hold those ballparks by any kind of standard like that we're used to now, because in a lot, I mean, Wrigley sucks too. In the same way, that is what I've heard. That's like, what my parents it's went really to Wrigley. Cramped, yeah. It's really dirty, and it's. I think it's impossible for a ballpark built in 1910 to get to the 1990s without, yeah. you know, being entirely outdated in a way that if it doesn't have that, oh my gosh, Wrigley Field mystique type thing to it, it's kind of like. Ugh. I mean, from what I've seen, uh, old Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, which was only, you know, replaced in like 1993, 94, it looked like kind of a dump, too. It was all bleachers, like metal bleachers, which, which, you know, my dad swears to this day was really awesome because everyone could like smack and kick the bleachers and make a whole ton of noise, which, you know, I guess is cool. But like, it does not look like a comfortable place to be a game. And yeah, my parents had similar things to say about Wrigley when they went. They're like, "Yeah, it wasn't such a cool old ballpark. It's it's definitely kind of like there's a lot of like bad views from the seats. Like, just it's not a great ballpark. Big time. That that's actually I wouldn't even say that there are obstructed views, but in a lot of ways, that's one of the things it does have going for it. And again, the old ballparks thing is the seats are so much closer to the field than in anything Mm. that's been built in the last 50 years. Like the, you know, the, the lowest, if you're in the upper deck down in like the lower parts of the upper deck at Wrigley, you're closer than you are in like the back third of the lower deck at Sox park. And most ballparks built after, you know, 1920 or whatever. So that is a really cool aspect. And I think this, I mean, both tiger stadium and, and old Comiskey had the overhangs. So where you're in the outfield and you're basically on top of the outfielders. Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of cool. Yeah. I am, uh, I'm going to Chicago in a few months. So I'll, and hopefully seeing a Cubs game. So I'll definitely check it out. Um, all right. Last baseball question before we move on to some random stuff. Uh, Michael, you are now the commissioner of baseball and guess what? Lockouts over. So you don't, you don't get to say end the lockout for this one, but what is one of the first things you do to change uh, major league baseball, the game of baseball, whatever you want to do. What's one of the first things you do as commissioner of baseball. Now I create a joint committee, an independent slash joint committee made up of both sides that is in charge of the baseball. 
baseball mm. and its mysteries recently are really bad for the game. They're jeopardizing integrity. And as betting becomes more and more standard across mm. the landscape of sports mm. overall, it's imperative that this ball not have any doubts attached to it. It's crucial that people can trust what the ball is, what it's going to be like, and not be living in fear. This goes for fantasy, too. People who play fantasy, they got a ball that they might not know what it's going to do for certain types of players because it's constantly being meddled with. And I think this is one of the biggest priorities among anything else that needs to be done right now. That is a super interesting answer. I like that. Yeah, that's hey, yeah, yeah. High priority. Well done. Yeah, we. I guess this shouldn't be the last baseball question. I can't believe we actually didn't really talk about this earlier. Uh, oh yeah. We usually get to this in kind of the bio section. But so, how did you get into doing baseball writing and yes. baseball content stuff? Yeah. Yeah, we totally glossed over that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, gloss away. It'll happen. It'll never, never go away because we can always come back to it. That's why you guys there do you a go. show, <laughs> and you are in control. That's true. I just it's started podcasting. Yeah, I, just, I, I decided to podcast in fall of 2019, but we did a college football pod. I did it with my Palazzo partner, Deary, and we talked about college football all season long. And after that season ended, going into 2020, we said, why don't we, we love baseball. Why don't we focus on baseball? So we started doing the, hey, it's a Rico Palazzo fantasy baseball podcast in January of 2020, a couple months before the pandemic picked up. And uh, it was it was so exciting because we both had such a great passion for baseball and we could do whatever we wanted. There was no rules. Nobody cared. Sure. But that's what got me going into how, how I became involved with every aspect of covering fantasy baseball, the, the writing part. I've, I've done some, I haven't done as much. I've done more. I write about football and fan tracks all season long, but I haven't, written as much about baseball because it's time consuming and I'm doing so many other things with podcasting and uh, live streaming and video stuff too. And I think, I think I wanted to make sure I left it all out on the table. That's what I chose to do when I decided to do that first college football podcast, which was called the sharp idiots, by the way, we thought it was a great name. Hmm. Uh, somehow we ended up with Palazzo. Well, actually it's not somehow I know exactly why, because I forced Deary to go along with me on it because we love the <laughs> naked gun, which is a movie that's way, way old from the eighties, but it does have a movie. final. Yeah. It's a great movie. It has a great closing arc. One of, one of my favorite movies baseball of all time. Stadium. Yes. There you go, Ben. Ben knows. I, I, I am a huge Zucker Abrams Zucker fan. The, <laughs> oh, okay. Those movies, airplane, naked gun, hot right. shots, uh, top secret. When spoofs were done. Good. Spoofs were done right back then. Yeah, they, the, all these yeah. uh, spoofs of recent memory now. They're called like disaster movie. Oh, I don't even yeah. try to come up with a clever so, title. It's just stupid. I will say David Zucker has been involved in some of those, which is kind of a bummer. The oh, guy who, he, yeah. Uh, but he did. So Zucker and Abrams, I think David Zucker and Jim Abrams did scary movie three, which I've always maintained is the funniest of the scary movies. That was and like the last the, one. That was really the last call. The ring yeah. is that the one that was based yes. on the ring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. man, yeah. I remember. And the uh, the signs, signs. and signs, oh, no, yeah. signs, and War of the Worlds was in there too, if I remember. Yeah, correctly. yeah, yeah. And movies. it included. Yeah. And Leslie a, Nielsen was in that one, and it included an airplane reference because there is a point at the end where they're fighting like the main, the ring girl. 
and he comes into a room and he says, I just want to let you all know, good luck. We're all counting on you. That's right. Which is That's a line right. from Airplane. Yeah. And Air, which Airplane is, you know, the greatest comedy ever made. Oh. Um, it's like it's really Kareem movies. Jabbar. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, I'm not. Which that's actually, I'm... that's, a, I wish that more movies, they're like athletes are in movies all the time. I wish they would do a similar joke where they just don't pretend to, like, yeah. <laughs> if someone had a tweet, I'm going to probably not remember the exact wording and sound like an idiot here, where it's like, there's just some actors where, and celebrities where like you're expecting them to play, they have them play like normal characters, just like regular people on the street, like a guest star in a TV show. And you're just like, you know, that's not their next door neighbor. That's Rihanna. <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I well, know. I mean, you'll, you'll get yeah. that sometimes you get, uh, I mean, didn't uh, LeBron play LeBron in train wreck? I'm pretty sure he, he just played himself. And he then um, like as a part of the plot, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, just I ran just as a jet pilot, you know? Yeah. Oh, make, oh, it completely, yeah, yeah. make it completely random. And like, they're supposed to be yeah. an actor, but yeah, then yeah. break that wall. Like, oh, I love that. That joke. Oh, it's so good. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm Roger Murdoch. Look what it says on the name tag. <laughs> it's the best. It's, it's like, my dad says you need to. My dad that. says you don't hustle enough on the court. <laughs> Tell your dad to try and drag Bill Walton up and down the court for 40 minutes every night. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, what a, what a like fabulous movie. Um, all right. I want to pivot to the more, I guess, just random stuff section of the podcast. The first part of this, I'm going to ask you the order of operations trifecta. We're going to ask you three things, and we would like to know the order in which you do each of those things. Very first thing, when you get dressed, socks or pants first. This is a pretty awkward pause, but we forgot to take an ad break, so here's the product. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show Ad breaks over. Buy the product. Back to the show. Pants. That's a that's a good man. That's, nice and decisive. That's the right. That's the right move. In my <laughs> opinion. Yeah. It's in between seasons now too, so there truly isn't a right answer in this one. Some of them there are very right answers. Oh, that I, that yeah. is not one. I won't be wearing also, socks anymore. By the way, so. I also hate socks. So. I, it's springtime, so yeah. as soon as I can get any excuse to wear my flip-flops or sandals, bye-bye socks! Same. Same. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, excellent. I have a foot order problem, too, so there's a reason. You don't want to smell my feet. Ha! Sweat too much. Also it's fair. gross. <laughs> Ew. 
entirely logical. There's always, you know, whatever whatever our guest's explanation is for whichever they prefer, it's always usually a pretty logical reason. Yes. Uh, when people are heterodox on this one, it is usually a little bit less logical, which is if you eat cereal and if you have milk with that cereal, which you usually do, not everyone eats cereal, I don't know, but which comes first, the cereal or the milk? Oh, it's a cereal. I mean, come on. It's not even up for debate. I'd, I'm going to select the cereal and pour it first, and then I'll pour the milk into it after the fact. Yeah. And what can I say? It's uh, that's, that's yet another. Not intended, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's the right. Um, We've had blasphemers on this podcast. But remain just one. I bet. Just the one. Um, Contrarians. <laughs> all right. Last one. When you brush your teeth. Toothpaste or water, which comes first? Water. I want to get it wet first, so it, it's just the first thing I do. I grab the toothbrush, I give it a quick wetness, very, very quick, not to waste too much water, and then I hit the toothpaste. I totally get that. Uh, the the people, we've had a couple people who just use no water at all, just toothpaste on the toothbrush and go, and uh, that sounds insane to me. I mean, just too dry. Come on. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Look, this is we're talking to you, Alex Chamberlain and Justin Choi. Oh, Man. boy. OK, well, I forgot that, that Alex sense. did that until you just reminded me. Dude, that was like that was one. <laughs> of I forgot once. Parts. I won't forget again. Every time was... I see him on Twitter, it's going to be. <laughs> just a that was I, I truly one of the one of the like best laughs I've had on this podcast was just the way he said that. I was just like, are you telling me you, you raw dog it when you brush your teeth? It's just like, I'm you, raw dog it, dude. I, do you, you have a fixation on saying the words raw dog as many times as possible on this podcast. No, I, no, no. It's just the way he said that where he was just like, not only did he just say like, yes, that's what I do, but he just said it in this tone of voice. He's like, you're goddamn right. That's what I do. <laughs> It just, it hey, killed me. Be wrong, be proud about it. I guess it killed me. That just, oh, that was so funny. Um, all right, hey, that's a good one. <laughs> I would like to know baseball movies. Do you have a favorite and or least favorite? Hmm, that's tough. Uh, I really do like the natural. I enjoy it a lot. It's, it's I and mean, Bull Durham's really funny, but. Yeah, the natural is clearly ridiculous too. I mean, <laughs> he does not look like a great baseball player to me. I mean, it's okay. It's not terrible. I guess it's not as bad as uh, John Goodman in The Babe, which is god awful. That's really, really oh, bad. Uh... I like John Goodman. I do, but yeah, I don't think I can get down with The Babe. But recently, I, I watched a movie called Sugar a couple years ago, which yeah. is from 2008. Sugar is That's so good. Really, really, yeah, right. So really good. underrated, hardly talked about, and exactly and a very accurate portrayal of what it's like for players trying to make it from the Caribbean and outside the country as international free agents to try to make it to the major leagues or even the minor leagues. I, it's a really good movie, and I think Sugar deserves more pub. Oh, absolutely! I think Sugar is fantastic, and it's uh, I've I've mentioned it before on this podcast that I just love the the story of. What happens when you dedicate your entire life to the pursuit of one thing and you're not good enough at that one thing? Yes. Like what happens when you're like, I'm going to be a major league baseball player and you like almost get there, but you're not good enough. And it's like, all right, now what? I mean, it's, 
I love that. Fantastic. Um, yeah. For the natural, I will say, so there are things I really like about the natural. I love the ending. Um, the vi- Like the visuals, the cinematography is beautiful. Even the ending scene, like, even though that's not how light bulbs work. Um, <laughs> like they don't just start, if you pop a light bulb, they don't just start blowing up. Um, but showering sparks yeah showering sparks everywhere just not how light bulbs work but that's okay leds don't do that yet another yet another (laughs) romantic part of baseball ruined by technology no more (laughs) spark showers (laughs) the thing that really kills me with the natural is like there are some parts of the plot that make no sense to me like spoiler alert for the natural but also it's from like 1984 so you've had a lot of time to watch this movie there's like there's a serial killer i think in this movie at the beginning of the movie that injures robert redford's character but like we don't know anything about her we don't know (laughs) she's like apparently targeting athletes but we don't know why we don't know why she targeted Robert Redford, who had not even stepped foot in the majors, like she also committed suicide. We don't know why. Like mm-hmm. we don't know why everyone's okay that this killer was never <laughs> caught. And, A lot of things we don't know, Ben. Or if she was caught after she died, nobody seems to care. Like none of it, none of the serial killer aspect of the story is addressed at all. And like, the world like, is a happier yeah, yeah. place when you don't ask why. <laughs> I just. Sometimes it was, it was that's true. A, it in was terms a of weird thing, I just, dumb baseball but, movies. Yeah, no, it's I, and it's and it's a it's a nice movie. I do like it, but I just remember watching it. I'm just like, okay, we've got the serial killer. She's targeting athletes. Okay, and then it's like, got she holes. dies, and everyone's just like, okay. Yeah, it's got major <laughs> it's like, holes. Like, it's based on a book too, and I think they try to cram things in. They didn't have yeah. time, and it's not but, a very coherent movie. But I, I'd like to watch it because it takes me back. Yeah, puts an environment out there that seems like a team that is disjointed, but uh, I don't know. Actually, it's really just the performances. Wilford Brimley is a great manager. Wilford Brimley is great. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think that a lot of that's really just his character and the stuff with the judge and the scumbag stuff that's going on behind the scenes. That I'm into that stuff. I guess. Yeah. I don't really care about the love story and all that crap. And like I said, visually, I mean, it's a beautifully shot film. It really is. It's a beautiful film, but yeah, I just remember that whole plot point. I was just like, "Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. can we talk about? Can we this? rewind a little this bit, guys? Like, can we can we talk about? There's a serial killer. <laughs> like, that's a big deal. Can we yeah. can we talk about it a little bit? But glossed yeah, over. No, it's, it's it's glossed over. Uh, no, it's a good choice, though. Good choice. Um, oh, if you could, I get to ask this question this time, Zach. If you could sit down with anybody. In history, and this can be a famous person, this can be a person who happened to live through an event, or it can be literally anyone. If you could sit down with anybody in history, or who is alive today, and have a conversation with them, who would it be and why? Uh, And I I should uh, preface this by saying, the first person to pop in your head, no matter what you think of the answer, is usually the best answer. It doesn't have to be something super profound or special. We've gotten, what was it, Janice said, like Tyler Glasnow? Great answer. Love it. Like, it doesn't have to be something, you know, I'd sit down with Abraham Lincoln and we'd discuss the intricacies of, you know, the Civil War. Like, it doesn't have to be that. 
Anything you'd like. Mm. Who would I like to sit down with? Uh, boy, there's so many people in the world at all times for all times. Yeah, billions and billions of them. There's been a lot. There's been, <laughs> there's been, been a lot. <laughs> yes, there's been a lot. That is true. There's been a few people. Can you give me a short <laughs> list now? <laughs> hmm. I think for me... So many names that come across here, right? Admirable people I would like to talk to and pick their ear. Pick their ear. I'd pick their ear too. I'd also pick their brain, most likely. I feel like that would matter. <laughs> I like pick their ear though. <laughs> I'm gonna pick your ear. Is that cool? Excuse me. Can I pick your ear for a while? That sounds like I some kind of like sure. saying you'd hear a, like someone in the deep south say you just accept it. Like, hey, uh, let me come on over here and pick your ear a minute. It's like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. I think it'd probably have to be uh, Tesla, I think. Huh. Oh, I, absolutely. That's a great answer. That is an interesting one. That just that popped was, my head. That's a that weird dude. The thing I've always yeah. been so curious about is like there's this, and I could be getting this wrong because I, I heard this secondhand from my dad, but there's a story I've always heard that I want to say it was Thomas Edison wrote in a journal that he uh, – went to Nikolai Tesla's house one time and he saw this bright light glowing from Tesla's uh, house and he couldn't explain it and he never knew what it was. And I would love to be like, what the hell was that? <laughs> like <laughs> Tesla seems like just such a weird, strange, brilliant man. That would be a fascinating person to talk to. I love that. Yeah, I think I'd be really enthralled with the conversation we would have and all the questions I could ask him and get it from the horse's mouth directly and see what it's like. I just hate that now whenever I hear the name Tesla, I associate it with that Jaguar billionaire. <laughs> like, that just makes me so upset because it took me a half second to remember that Tesla is a person yep. who was very interesting and, in fact, has nothing to do with that stupid company you're <laughs> Tesla's also kind of pushed to the side. <laughs> Tesla's also a great 80s hair metal band. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> super, you know. super underrated. Um, um, okay, you, yeah. you did you did mention Chick Fil A earlier. I don't, we haven't broken out this question much, so I kinda oh want, yeah, I kind of want to ask this because you mentioned Chick Fil A. Either it's it's okay if you don't have an opinion here, but if you do, I would love to hear it on who has the best fast food chicken sandwich because they're all trying now. They are I trying. Wonder. I had that Popeyes chicken sandwich. I'm really coming ago. around on that standard. Popeyes. It's one. the new standard, man. I'm telling you. It's it was good. incredible. It really was as advertised. And if it's, it's still it's being made today, I would recommend people get that one. Chick-fil-A is good, um, but that one's better. It just is. Chick-fil-A has the waffle fries, which I love. And apparently Zach yeah. doesn't understand, but um, as a fast food for, I just, you gotta, it prevents it from getting very crispy and that's an issue. It's why I don't like oh. the thing. The thing that prevents Culver's from being top tier fast food is they have these stupid bloody crinkle fries, which I just <laughs> never, you know, I just don't get it. It's an unforced error. Just have regular fries. See, I kind of get that. By crinkle fries, do you mean like are they like Arby's where they're like the the swirly fries? No, or whatever? no, no, just like no. you know, crinkle cut. Like they're, okay, they're like the crinkle yeah, cut, like the ones you see in usually yeah. non fast food restaurants. Right, yeah. that's true. Interesting. Right. So okay, glad glad to have you. Popeyes changed. is a good choice. I'm really coming around on that sandwich. It is like it's Tell really you, good, uh, and that that mayo they put on it is very good. But I just I don't know that Chick Fil A sandwich. Dip that in some Chick Fil A sauce. 
That's some good stuff, man. That's some real good stuff. I like um, it. All right. I would like to ask, let's see. Uh, we're going to do two questions before we get to the full count at the end of all this stuff. One of the questions, my favorite, sometimes. Have you ever seen a ghost? No. Oh, man. That's okay. Not at all. That's okay. That's okay. Um, it's always a crapshoot. Every now and then we get a cool ghost story. But I will, you know, you're you're in good company. A lot, a lot of people, a lot of lot, people say people Joe Tory looked like a ghost sometimes. Yeah. But that's he definitely Joe Tory. I don't know if I ever did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never. I mean, I've never seen him. You ever seen Joe Tory walk through a wall? People are saying. People, some people are saying. <laughs> All right, tell me uh, um, this. Yeah, we're going way off the rails. Uh, tell me about a time in which you laughed really, really hard. It doesn't have. It can be the hardest you've ever laughed. It can be a time recently in which you laughed super hard, but it's a time where you are you you are laughing so hard you can't breathe. Tears are coming down your face. Maybe somebody fell down. Maybe somebody farted. Maybe you're in a situation where you're not supposed to be laughing. You're at a wedding, you're at a funeral, you're in church, whatever it might be. You're somewhere you're not supposed to be laughing, but something funny happened. What is a time in which you laughed super, super hard? Somehow in 1995, I was watching Super Bowl. It was the Chargers versus the Niners. Super Bowl 29, I think it was. You could say any number and I'd believe you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, they destroyed him. Steve Young, six touchdown passes was a record. Yikes. I laughed ridiculously hard and long to the Budweiser Frogs. It was the first time I ever saw that mm. commercial. And I was 14, 14 oh, years man. old. And it was so funny to me. So funny that I puked. I choked, I think. <laughs> oh, I don't man. know if I was choking on a Coke. Or what? But it was so funny to me, and in the right moment, that I puked all over my friend's carpet in the living room, and no, no. it was really embarrassing. But oh I laughed a lot. God. Just the so I totally those commercials, man. They had a moment. They really did. Was it? Was it just why. me, or I don't know if either? Did y'all watch the Super Bowl this year? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Is it just me or have the, I don't know if this was the case last year, but it definitely felt this way this year that the commercials were kind of embracing absurdism and abstractness to the point of like, I spent at least 85% of the commercials being like, what the hell am I watching a commercial yes. for? I have, I have no a, idea yes, what this is. Like, and I have a theory on this. Hmm. Commercials are going nuts because they know that we are either DVRing or watching it on watching something on YouTube or streaming. So they know we can skip. So I think commercials are just kind of like, you know what? Screw it. Let's just do something crazy. Why not? No one's watching us anyways. But even with the Super Bowl, when they know that people are watching, that's the, it was just, I mean, I understand, I think it, it feels like it's all a bunch of, you know, companies, corporations just trying to kind of out absurd each other. Yeah, you know, they're trying to grab attention. We we are a it wasn't even uh, interesting. Like they weren't even super well done. It didn't feel like they weren't very thoughtful. I don't know. We used to, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Not that there's something know. super bloody thoughtful about like you know the frogs, but I mean, no, no. But there's something. Yeah, it's interesting. It's 
I mean, you could tell there used to be time and effort put into like jokes and making things that are funny. Now it's just like throw 15 different things that are unrelated to each other on the screen yeah. and somehow tie them into this one product for a half second at the end. And you're just like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I think, I think part of it is like, I think it's just a late, a trend over the past few years of just commercials are like, screw it. We'll just do whatever. Um, but yeah, I I think there are a couple companies that do take time to like make good jokes, like they care about jokes. Uh, Geico is one of those companies that has in the past like cared about having good jokes in their commercials. Um, Beyond but, commercials, however, uh, I do want to ask yeah. a couple more things before we get to the full. Sure, 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 sure. For sure. Uh, the first, actually, I don't know if it's a couple, but <laughs> the first being if you had. Or could pick a superpower, just wake up and you know had a genie yeah. wish. What would it be? Oh, I, I would love to fly. It seems so cool. Love to fly all over the earth freely, and wherever I wanted to go, I could fly as high as I wanted to, and it would really help me conquer my fear of flying. So, if I could have that superpower, it'd be a big benefit for me overall. Now, but what if you, flying? Wouldn't be afraid that you wouldn't be able to, and you just wouldn't be able to use it. Well, if I knew I had it, I would. I'd be able to use it, right? Isn't that true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, so what, like, what if you get up there and you're like, "Oh, I still don't like it up here anymore." You know? <laughs> oh, like you have oh, a panic yeah. attack. Yeah, like you're like you're, like, you're not any less afraid of being up in the air just because it's you the one doing it. I don't know. That's I think rip. I got to work around on that because a lot of the fear is based on just control. So if I'm in control, I think I'll be fair. fine. I really do. You know what? That's I know, true. I, I that actually. I, <laughs> yeah, flying also freaks me out. I I do not like. Part of it is because I was on an uh, uh, an airplane that dropped for like ten seconds one time. And it just scared the crap out of me. Like, I, you know, I lifted out of my seat. People were screaming, like that whole thing. And um, and I, a lot of it is a, a control thing. You're walking into this airplane and you're giving up control to this pilot you have never met and never will meet. And you're exactly. just like, yeah, I know. I get that. I get that. Now, what if flying requires the same amount of physical exhaustion as running? <laughs> what if you couldn't fly oh, effortlessly, boy, that's effortlessly tough. but like you're yeah. flying you're like i'm really worn out uh, i might go to telepathy then can i do that telepathy that, that i like more. telepathy yeah can I, I like telepathy i would like that yeah. that's a good one that's a good one would... it just brought me back to the great I, I don't even remember how it came up when um matthew robertson a few months ago on told us or asked us rather, do birds know that flying is cool? <laughs> or is it just like a thing? Nope. That, like, I don't know. If it was your superpower, how would you maybe get bored of it? Or, probably not. But that... familiarity breeds. Well, if you're difference. born with it, maybe. Always. Yeah, yeah. we've t- you, know, you take things for granted that you're well, born with, like, or given with from a young age. Yeah. Well, it's like, what if? you were granted flying, but you really couldn't change your life in any, like you could only really use it to go to work because you can't quit your job. You know, it's not like you could just make a career out of flying. <laughs> right. You just kind of have right, to live your right. life and occasionally you can fly places, but it's not like you could go on vacation because you still got, you know, <laughs> gotta make that money. if anything, yeah. your coworkers are just going to ask you to bring them shit all the time. You know? <laughs> hey, can oh, you go fly yeah, to the right. store real quick? Yeah. Oh it's my like, God. 
I would hope um, they didn't know. I would keep it a secret. <laughs> you know what? There is so I I lied. There is one last question I do want to ask before we get to the full count. We can make it a quick thing, but it's a question I thought of today, and I would like to. I think we're going to start asking it more. What is something you can't stop talking about? Hmm. And what I mean by this, what is a topic? Everybody has something they're obsessed with, something that they just they could go on and on and on and on and on about whether it is uh, a, you know, in a, a field of study, whether it is uh, a specific band or a movie or a piece of art, whatever it might be. There's I feel like everybody has something they can't shut up about. Um, great example. I can't shut up about uh, music. I can't shut up about Lord of the Rings. I will talk your ear off about it for hours and hours and hours on end. So what is something that you cannot shut up about? What can I not shut up about? Oh, boy. This is We're gonna a make you great question. Okay. Yeah, this is, a, this is very thought-provoking. But Just something that you have a lot of knowledge on, something that you could talk hours on end if you you were giving a ted talk today someone's like hey man you're on right now talk about anything what's something you could just ramble for an hour about i think uh it actually might be drug addiction i know a lot about it and i'm always wanting to talk about it and i think i'm more interested in talking about it than some other people a lot of the times no that's that's yeah that's probably it yeah that's a great answer that's (laughs) Yeah, no, that's I, I've always I always love hearing what people are obsessed with because you can it's so funny. You'll you'll hear someone start talking and talking and talking about some subject and then and then at some point inevitably they say, Oh, I I'm probably boring you or I'm probably boring so and so. I for me, I'm like, if you're talking about anything with passion, I wanna hear it. Like I wanna hear all about it. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you are like super into pandas like if you are talking about pandas with passion like you care about it i want to hear everything you have to say because it's just it i just it hearing people talk about something they care about it that's fascinating to me and i feel like everybody has some topic that they truly do care about even if it's like boy i i just love the dewey decimal system like great tell me everything like just I love that. Um, all right. You've done three podcasts, so we want to be respectful of your time. And we're also tired. Um, we're going to move on to the full count here. Full count, we are going to ask you for a recommendation in each of five categories. I preface okay. this again by saying first thing that pops in your head, that is the answer. Yeah, full count, three and two. Um, the first thing that pops in your head, that is what we want to hear. It doesn't have to be super obscure. It doesn't have to be some super special, fancy recommendation. Whatever you got. With that in mind. Got it. First category is books. What is a book that you would recommend? Oh, we have no audio from you. I don't know. If Game of Shadows. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> was that just silence? Were you just quiet the whole time? Yeah, I was silent. I wasn't just silent. I was like, I was trying to I love it. discharge no, it. I love so. it. I love it. <laughs> I really want to stick to this rule of the first thing I think of. So. <laughs> no, that's great. That's great. So what was the book? Nope. I'm sorry. Game, Game of, of Shadows. Shadows. Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. Game of Shadows. About the Barry Bonds. Right, yeah. Oh. Oh, very interesting. 
Gosh, Very cool. What is it? What is it? You... Flash when it dropped, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Big time. What... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's that's cool. Yeah. I, I that classic. I don't know that book. I've actually never. I've never read it. Yeah. Didn't they like interview Bonds' trainer and stuff like that? It was just one of the. It was. Yeah. It was a big deal in like 2008 or whatever it was 2009. 2010. Yeah, it was all about uh, uh, Balco, the Balco, Balco thing. What's his name? Yeah. Vince. Vince oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Right, I yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Wow. Gosh. Back when, back when uh, baseball was important enough to be in front of Congress, which, gosh, looking upon that in retrospect seems like the dumbest fucking thing in the world. Like, they really. <laughs> You know, (laughs) our democracy is unraveling and it has been for 20 years. And this is what they were doing in 2006. And they really had to drag Uh, Rafael Palmer out there, ruin his career. (laughs) Kills me. Kills me. Uh, Hey, when you're a liar, you're a liar. (laughs) You can't get popped a week after that, bro. Sorry. I know. The worst time. (laughs) It's like, dude, you just very bad. Especially after he did the finger pointing thing, was like, I did not take steroids. All around. Period. I I don't know what the details were. I shouldn't speak so decisively on it, but that was just a bad look, even remembering it as a 10 year old. But (laughs) what an incredible um, player, too. My favorite um, player, Rafael Palmero. Oh, wow. Yeah. Love that man. Legend. But uh, recommendation number two <laughs> is uh, food, and that can be really anything food related. It can be a very specific restaurant or a general cuisine or a specific dish or an ingredient or, you know, anything in the vicinity of what you might call culinary. Thai food. Pad Thai curry. Oh, man, that is my wife's pad Thai is my wife's favorite thing. Stupid commercial. Hey, it's got to be Pad Thai curry, though. Stupid if there's no curry, curry, I'm out. Oh, okay. Okay. Crucial. That is. I do love pineapples in there, curry. some eggs. Mm-hmm. I do have some good Thai food, man. There was this Thai food place in DC that has since shut down because of the pandemic. RIP, my Thai. Oh. But they had this cashew chicken, man. Oh. Good cashew chicken. The like best. Cashews, you don't like cashews? Ah, yeah. oh, the best nuts. No. The best nuts. Oh, pistachios. I'm down with pistachios. All right. All right. I'll give you pistachios. Pistachios. And the last the last meal I ever ate out with friends before the world like shut down in March of 2020 was uh, was at a Thai place. And now every time I make like a red curry, I just think, damn, (laughs) this is the last thing I ate. Before before (laughs) now, I will will never stop making red curry. Uh. That's okay. But it's still do not forever have those those connotations, you know. Oh man! Never give up. Um, all right, next category: movies and or TV. What is a movie and or a TV show that you would recommend? A movie I recommend called Narc, two thousand two movie starring Ray Liotta and Jason Patrick. Very very fascinating film. Uh, it's intense. It's based in Detroit. Strongly recommend Narc. Wow, I've never uh, heard of it. Never, heard, never of it. heard of it at all. Oh yeah. Go check that out. And let me know what you I think. I will. I'd love to get your feedback. Yeah. On it. yeah. Narc. It's a good yeah, one. I it's will by check the guy Joe Carnahan, oh. who unfortunately did he, his career never was as good as it was then. He did Smoking Aces, which wasn't that great. And, oh, I know Smoking Aces. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but Narc was what got him on the board, and that's a really good film. Wow. All right. Yeah. Wise. Of course. I'll definitely okay. check it out for sure. That's a good one. Uh, so. We already have talked about music a little bit, uh, 
and you kind of gave us a recommendation. But if there are any other recommendations that immediately come to mind, uh, throw them out there at us. I would recommend an album. Let's... So many choices in this world. <laughs> so tough. Yep. I mean, what a tough existence we live, huh? I actually... All yeah, right. I would like to recommend the new Band of Horses album. It just came out. Hmm. Very and good. It's really, really good. I, I, they kind of lost me for a while, but they're back on track with this new album. So I'd like to recommend that. Okay. A, uh, current recommendation that was very, very surprising because I just didn't think they had the same rhythm and grooves and vibe that they had when they originally drew me in in the late 2000s. Oh, Band of Horses is so good. That Those first couple albums... Yeah, so good, so good. I mean, uh, standing. We we interrupt this program to bring you uh, Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers for six one sixty. What? Oh wow! Maybe all the outfield. No Rays. Look at that. Didn't go to Tampa. What a shock! (laughs) Who would have ever guessed that one? (laughs) Wild. Um, Man, see, this is this is we. This happens all the time. Us being interrupted. By breaking sports sports <laughs> stuff. Um, all right, final category: miscellaneous. Anything from your life that you would recommend? This can be a practice. This can be a place. This can be a, a gadget, a thing to own. Um, <clears throat> literally anything from your life that you would recommend. First thing that pops in your head, no matter how stupid you might think it is, that is the recommendation I want to hear. going to tread lightly here tread as heavily as you would like i'm treading i'm treading <laughs> i would like to recommend this excellent bag that i was given a few years ago it's a symbols bag for my drum symbols so mm. if you don't have a symbols bag for your symbols and you play the drums you're really making a huge mistake because you don't want to be carrying around individual symbols that can get scratched up and dented or destroyed even further without the protection of a bag. And this is the first time I've ever had one, and I really, really am grateful for it. I haven't been gigging or anything recently, but if I ever hit the road and I got to go take my drums elsewhere, I got that bag ready to go. Everyone should have a good symbol bag. It's true. That was, that's a, I was just yeah. thinking that myself the other day. <laughs> I can't tell I, if I you're being you sarcastic were. or not. Um <laughs> No, I, it's, yeah, if you're, if you're a drummer, for sure. Yeah, you don't, if you get, oh my God, symbols are expensive too. You get your symbol dented or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're in trouble, man. No, that's a great, great recommendation. A unique one too. I like that. I like yes, that a lot. That's why good. I love the miscellaneous uh, recommendation. It's always, you always, we just get such a variety of things. Um, but with that, Michael, thank you so much for being here on Shag and Flies with us. It has been a delight and a joy to have you. Uh, yeah, man. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. It's Hell yeah, Ben. It's great to see you again, man. I'm glad we got some time to catch up here. And Zach, yeah. I'm glad we got to break the ice here and connect. This yes, is, sir. Uh, Thanks for coming on. This is, yeah, this is why I do it. This is why we do it. Mm-hmm. It's always, always a bonus in my life to create new relationships and learn from others. So thanks for letting me share some of my silly, pointless, I don't know, idiosyncratic 
things and points of views that are part of me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been, it's been wonderful. And (laughs) what? Go ahead. I said, we'll have him back sometime for sure. And of course, wide open. Absolutely. Uh, we usually just fade out the podcast. So at some point during all this son of a bitch, Zach, we didn't pause for an ad break. Ah, God burst it. (laughs) Oh, Oh, uh, there's gotta be.